Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the ANN After Show. I'm Lindsay Leverage, Executive Editor of AMA News Network. Here's James Beckett, our reviewer slash Attack on Titan expert. He's here to make sure for, he even has a shirt this week yeah, with uh, with my fave boy Levi on it, who we got to see a little bit in this episode. I thought your favorite was Flock. It's not Flock. No one likes Flock, James. Oh, okay. So there's a there's a gift I might need to. I mean, I need to make some. I'm going to need to make some calls to the postal service because does anyone even who would buy Flock merch? Anybody like? Is there Flock? St- I, actually, I don't want to know if there's Flock stands in the comments or anything just like he's the worst boy by far probably whoever made that like racist meme against aoc and and congress he's probably a flock boy he's like a proud flock boy (laughs) oh god i don't want to remember what that guy's name is oh yeah there's so a lot of stuff went down in attack on titan it wasn't very action heavy this week but we're going to talk about um sort of how everyone is dealing with the fallout of this this big change that Aaron has started by sending the Titans out onto the world, what it means for the volunteers, what it means for his friends and his comrades, what it means for the Yagerus, what it means for um, Eldians and Marley. Uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. We might, we also have some news that we're going to get into. Uh, James is really excited to share a certain game he's looking forward to. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get to all of that, I would like to remind everyone to please subscribe to this channel, hit the notification bell. If you're watching on Twitter, give us a retweet. If you're on Facebook, give us some likes and hearts. Uh, share this video with your anime friends. You know, let them know this is the place to hang out when you want to dive deep into Attack on Titan. So before we get to all of it, I, we do have a quick sponsor. We're going to have a couple more in the middle, but we do have a quick one that we're going to get to right now for Wea, and then we'll get right to the show. So we'll be back in just a moment. Now for a quick word from our sponsors. Quest, thirsty skin and leave it feeling satin smooth with Whey Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most. Hydration that lasts, preventing dryness. And it's high quality, nourishing ingredients like squalene, coconut oil, kupuasu butter, and coconut oil. And turn your shower into an escape with the gentle skin softening Whey Melrose Place Body Cleanser. It balances your skin without stripping it or leaving unwanted residue, gently cleanses and nourishes at the same time with a luxurious lather. There's skin softening oils in a hydrating blend and also high quality nourishing ingredients like jojoba seed oil and rose hip oil. All right, to experience the new way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser, your body, your way, go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code B-L-E-A-V, believe, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at theway.com code believe. So go over there now. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around for that. It's time to talk about Attack on Titan. Yo. Um, so there's a couple different points. There's there's some key characters to this episode, right? There's Armin um, and Mikasa. They have a big moment. There's Annie and Hitch. Hitch, who I don't think we've seen in a little while. No, I remember not since, liking not her. since last season, at least. Yeah, I remember really liking her before, and then when she so when she showed back up, I was happy to see her. 
We also have Flock, and we have some stuff going on with the Eldians back on Marley. Flock and the volunteers mostly. But I think that the really big moment for sure is Mikasa and Armin. So I kind of want to touch on that first because Armin loses it. And yeah. honestly, um, I felt more bad for Armin than I did in Mikasa. Mikasa is obviously struggling here quite a bit. Um, I feel bad for her. But as a type A personality, like sometimes she kind of drives me nuts because it feels like she needs someone to give her directions Yes, almost all the time. And it's like, we've gotten to this point, like I'd like to see her, re I mean, she's she doesn't have a lot of confidence right now, now that Aaron's kind of screwed everything up that she thought she knew. But oh, her scarf is gone. You know, the, her scarf is very gone. Very subtle too. metaphor there. But yes, her, yeah, her, her yeah. guiding token is his, you know, she has no direction, no idea of, of what to do now that she can't, you know, basically just follow Aaron around. And um, Armin doesn't have any, any of the answers either, which is why he freaks out, which is relatable, you know? Relatable. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Armin has a lot of pressure put on him. And that's why he kind of brings up Erwin in this. Uh, interaction he has with Mikasa because there's been this pressure on him to lead from a strategic angle this whole time to kind of be able to look at all the moving pieces, rationalize what's the best thing to do and, you know, deliver that information to Mikasa and the other members of the Survey Corps. And now, like, there's so many moving parts. Everything's screwed up. He has no idea what to do. He's kind of just focused on rescuing this kid that Connie's off to feed to his mom, Titan. Because <laughs> everything else seems completely outside of their power at this point. You can't put, you know, the Titans back in the bottle. You can't put the Titans back in the wall. So what are they going to do? I assume they can't, you know, there aren't enough of them to kill all of those colossal Titans that are marching on. Um, so yeah, why not just, let's just go save Falco instead. That seems like a, a manageable goal. Well, and it's interesting too. And something that I really liked about this episode overall is how it, um, it really highlights like the really, the, the really messy aspect of war that the story is starting to cover where now that we've gotten to the point where things are just completely out of control and there's really no one other than Aaron that can, as far as we know, like the repeated refrain is we can't stop Aaron. There's no stopping the rumbling. This is going to happen. And so mm -hmm. it seems like everyone to some degree or another has more or less kind of resigned themselves to, okay, the rest of the world's probably going to get killed. That's really bad. Unless you're flock, in which case it's great. But Armin makes a really good point where he's like, look, um, the army's in shambles. Fascists are taking over the country. Annie might be awake and we have no idea what that's going to do or, or what, you know, what side she's going to be on or what her plans are. Aaron has literally become like a god of death and destruction that as far as we know is completely unstoppable. I'm just mm -hmm. one dude who's not even that good at fighting. And yeah. right now his concern, I, he made such an interesting point is that we need the Titans that are on this island because like he said, the other, you know, the cart Titan, Reiner, like all of them are still there. And, yeah, And he's like, if we can't get them on our side, and if we cannot get them to not try to kill us, we're just going to end up repeating the same conflict that Aaron is killing the world over, but right. here on the island, and it's going to kill all of us. And so if I can save Falco, that'll get Gabby on our side, uh, that might get Peek on our side, and that yeah. can at least prevent, you know, whatever the hell is going to happen to the outside world. I can't think about that right now. 
because there's nothing Armin can do. But if I yeah. can keep us from starting like a Titan civil war that lasts another 2000 years, that's my current goal. And Right, right. Because the way that things are right now, I mean, Aaron himself has a number of Titans that he's directly taken power over. Like he has the Warhammer, he has the founding Titan. Sorry, he has the founding Titan, right? Uh, yeah. I should have written this down before we started. Um, I mean, he has the Attack Titan. Um, there's just the Cart Titan, Female Titan, and Jaw Titan is is Falco right now. Yeah. Reiner is the Armored Titan. Yeah. Armin is Colossal, and hopefully I didn't I didn't forget anybody in there. But Grisha ate the Found Titan. Aaron ate Grisha, right? Okay. Yeah. Cart, Jaw, Armored, Female, Colossal, or, or so. Yeah. So, and we see that Paradis is in complete shambles just as a result of the rumbling in and of itself. The Titans waking up caused destruction, which ruined homes, crushed people. Um, you know, they were, they were casualties in this. And so this, not the survey Corps, but the one with the unicorn, the military police. Yeah. The military police are all trying to, you know, basically rescue, find survivors. They building up shelters and things like that. But internally, people are arguing about whether it's okay that their countrymen were sacrificed for this because it's to prevent a greater invasion um, because they've seen Aaron's vision. So there's already like conflicting sides on that just among the general populace. And yeah, they're if, screaming that give your heart, you know, they've internalized oh that idea that it, any sacrifice is worth it. For the good of the Eldian Empire, they, they're using that lovely terminology, the Eldian right. Empire. So right. they're, you know, they're already internalizing what Flock has basically made his whole personality, which yeah. is, uh, yeah, this is the future now. We're, it's going to be uh, basically fascism all the way, military dictatorship all the way. Which is not Aaron's main mo motivation, right? He doesn't have an allegiance to the Eldian kingdom. He's not looking to like bring glory back to the Eldians. He just thinks this is the only way to keep them from being persecuted is to wipe out everything other than the people on parodies. But Armin's point here is that the other Titan holders, the Marleyan Titan holders, or those who just don't agree with Aaron's methods, could choose to just start destroying more of Paradise in the meantime. And so he wants to prevent that. Yep. And uh, as far as we know, Aaron's motives have nothing to do with any of that. And he's kind of made it explicitly clear that he doesn't really give a shit about nationality or anything. But there's that moment there where Flock claims that Aaron let him in on the plan a while ago. And he's been Aaron's, like, number two guy. And so... And that just messes <laughs> with Gene. Like, that just, like, yeah. messes with his head. It's the idea that... the you idea trusted that this guy over us? This asshole... You gave him, you know, showed him all your cards or whatever. So, I mean, Flock feels emboldened by that. He assumes that he was trusted with all that. That must mean the idea, ideology he's currently clinging to is correct. And yeah, I don't know if I believe him, but at yeah, the very I don't least, believe him either. It's a good line for for the propaganda. Yes. Yeah. Know, while, while Aaron takes care of the enemies from without, I will take care of the dissenters from within. Uh, yeah. which means just executing people gangland style. Yeah. So, oh God, this part upset me, like, on a, like, moral level. I, like, completely am polar opposite ideal, like, as far as my own ideals, than Flock. I hope most people are. Because basically what he says here 
to all the volunteers. He's like, we're destroying all your hometowns. Like we're just, it's gone. You thought that you were going to be able to rebuild with resources and an allegiance here, but we're just, we're destroying your home and um, you can either submit to us or we're going to kill you. And we see that happen exactly in this moment. And it ties into next episode, I think, because he makes a speech about pride and how pointless it is and that you should submit instead, like just let them take care of you and um, assign you a role and, and submit in that way. Lick all the and, boots, lick boots left and right. And that's how you'll get by in life says flock. Yeah. And then next week's episode is called pride. So I feel like that theme is, is, is going to go through there. But um, when he kills the volunteer, I don't know why, I don't know if it was intentional or if it's just, me but uh the way that shot was framed reminded me a lot of that really famous vietnam war photograph where oh, yeah. um right before the man is shot it just it yep. like it, that immediately flashed in my head when i was watching this episode so i don't know if that was a, a purposeful illusion or if it's just art imitating life but I, I mean i think it's one of those things where it's so baked into our understanding of what happens in these kind of situations that if it wasn't an intentional illusion, it's, I mean, that that's what happens in modern warfare, right? People get a little taste of power and then they just start, you know, making their own decisions and yeah. uh, at the expense of human life and you know human dignity and all that, all those things. Um, Flock doesn't care about any of that. He just wants to secure his place in the power scheme of the new Eldian empire. That's his concern. At this point in time, is there like, missing time as far as flock goes because i mean i remember him being a crybaby wuss when they were fighting before like he was he was there for uh for the fall of uh shigashima right was that well, the he was that at, he was well he was at the bit and i forget the name of it the when when erwin died right he was there when erwin died and that, and that then, and he refers to that he's like we went through all of that and this is what's going to make it worth it. This is what made all of that suffering worth it, is this power and this this. So we saw him in that moment. I mean, and if, unless I'm mixing him up with, because I thought there was two kind of, they seemed like small characters at the time that were kind of seeing the through their eyes during that moment. And I thought um, he was really scared throughout the whole thing. And then yeah. that happens. And then he's not really accounted for, I think, until he comes back and is a Jaegerist, right? So uh, he was at of... the, um, if I remember right, he was at the the assault on, uh, oh my God, I just got the name. When, when, they, when they did the sneak attack on Marley, if I remember right, he was, uh, okay. I think he was he was with everyone else when they were doing their, when they were getting I was wondering back, if we basically. had seen an overarching oh, was he instance not? of like, well, yeah, Hitch's friend died in the run. No, they're saying he, I guess he wasn't there. Yeah, because I was curious if we had seen this philosophical development in him through events, or if there was sort of this missing part where we saw him at the battle where, you know, Irwin's last stand. And then now where he's, he's like psychotic. This isn't someone who seems like he's just making a lot of really difficult decisions, but like Zeke kind of did similar things at points, right? Like highly questionable things like, you know, using his spinal fluid to create a bunch of Titans using a gas weapon, you know, stuff like that, where you were like, oh, that's really messed up. But you still sometimes got the feeling that he didn't like it. He just thought this was part of war. I feel like Flock enjoys what he's doing. 
Like he is 100% ready to like goose step down for alleyways of, of, um, God, this, this town that's just falling apart and, you know, push people around and, and gets a kick out of it. Doesn't seem like it's a struggle for him to be doing these things, you know, like there's no con like internal conflict. Well, I, I mean, this screenshot that we have here is maybe like the, the most internal conflict we've seen as far mm -hmm. as, as him basically acknowledging like, look, uh, I've like, I've seen what happens when you die for nothing. Right. Or I've seen what happens right. when like, I've seen what, what happens when, when you're just tossed out into the meat grinder. And if it's between that and being in a position where I get to, to have my boots licked, um, mm -hmm. then I'll take that. And I, I think it's psychotic in the same way that, you know, a lot of, what happened when you have these like totalitarian takeovers of psychotic where where people that you look at and and think would be you know normal or say reasonable uh, when they're allowed to revel in power and when they're allowed to make themselves feel big uh, at the expense of other people um they they jump whole hog into it because it's such an intoxicating feeling and it mm -hmm. frees them of that responsibility too, because it's, you know, they're, they're a part of this larger machine, right? That's one of the worst things about the whole fascist mentality is that, you know, when you're, when you're all equally culpable and equally, um, you know, you've all put an equal amount of, of your, your life's worth and your, your energy and your, your psyche into this project of the state and of uh, nationalism and of, you know, uh, fighting and, and dying and killing uh, specifically for the glory of the empire, then everything you do is simply an extension of that empire, right? You're not responsible for your own behavior. Right. You're simply acting out the will of Aaron Yeager that or what he's interpreting Aaron's will is. Right. There was so also he, a he, moment. He's a, scum, he's a scumbag. He's, you know, he's a fuck. Yeah, yeah, like, he's... He just, he's like, he just sucks. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He sucks. He sucks big time. Um, there was a, a moment uh, during that scene too, where we see uh, Oyankapon and there's some sort of like acknowledgement that happens there. Um, I'd have to go rewatch it, but it's just like, it's really brief, but it almost, I kept it almost expecting him to, I don't know, like tackle flock and push him out a window or something like there was just sort of like this tension that was going on in that scene where I almost kept expecting him to do something, but it didn't happen. Um, well, it kind of ties into what happens with um, Shadis and the other guys that go to save him or, mm -hmm. you know, they want to bust him out and they want to, you know, they want to risk their lives and they want to fight back against Flock and the other Jaegerists. And, and he's at the point where he's like, no, like, guys, look, they're taking over. Um, we can't beat them. <laughs> I can't yeah. fight them. You can't fight them. They're just going to kill you. At this yeah. point, you need to go along with whatever they say. You need to do whatever they ask you to do. And our goal now, and again, this is something that there are a lot of historical parallels where he says, we're going to have to be a part of this, this horrible, awful thing. And we're, we need to try to wait for the right time to take it out from the inside because there's right. no, there's no fighting it. Like we can't just yeah. point a gun at it and kill it. Right. Right. Um, at least that's his, his, his explanation. And that's like, you know, I kind of, like when Gene is there and, and and he's just watching Flock kill this guy and and put all of the other volunteers in prison and he's like he's just powerless to do anything. Um, and he and tempts even, him too. Yeah. He's like, I can just give you a cushy job. Just you can, it's what you wanted job. from the first place, right? Way back in season one, all you wanted was that comfy life as a as a, an interior officer, and you can have that. You can just be you can be the the Gene of season one. 
You know, you don't have to grow. You don't have to change. You don't have to be a better person. You can just be who you were before all this. And and all you have to do is nothing. Yeah. And in this moment, at least like, that's what he does because again, like, and and maybe that, like that Onyakupon look is is also like an acknowledgement of like, look, dude, like (laughs) this is screwed. Like, yeah, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get us out of this. Like, I don't, and that brings us back to Armin because Armin is like, I can't do anything about that. I can't do anything about Flock. He could kill us tomorrow and I would probably not, you know, he could turn into the colossal Titan and kill everyone. But yeah. um, And he has that heartbreaking line where he says like, God, I'm pretty sure it was a mistake to to save my life instead of Erwin. I think Erwin would have been the better choice. Uh, picks the wrong person. Yeah, I think we have that actually. Um, yeah, I was the wrong person to bring back to life. And he's even worrying about Historia too. He's like, Historia might be in danger. Like that was so funny because <laughs> it was just yeah. like, oh, and Historia might be in danger. <laughs> We've been we saying the same thing for weeks. What's she doing? Is she okay? Nobody knows. Um, you know, he, yeah, he's just sort of running through all the multitude of just screwed up situations that they have on their plate right now. And it's really overwhelming. I mean, um, he brings up Annie too. And I think we can uh, touch on Annie real quick before we go through uh, a break. Um, I thought it was kind of odd that Hitch was just like, all right, I'll get you out of here. Like things are falling. I guess it was things are falling apart. And if I can get you out of here, that means you won't be our problem directly. So get out. (laughs) I'll get a horse and get you out. Well, I think it's a combination of like, you know, she, she has that moment where like she, she flips over Annie um, for the first time. And she's like, I never thought that I'd be the one, you know, tossing you over my back because you're so weak and like kind of powerless right now. But also slimy. Yeah, she covered was in really slimy. Yeah, yeah, probably, and I cannot imagine that the all of the years spent in Titan goo smell good. Like that probably didn't no. smell great, you know. No. Um, but I think it's part of it's like you know the fact that she she still has this you know this this respect for for Annie and she she knows Annie personally, right? Like she mm-hmm. she knows Annie not just as the female Titan, but as you know Annie. And I think a lot of it, like you said, is like the world is literally ending. What is what is the point of, you know, if, if there's any chance that you could use your Titan powers to maybe stop this or, I don't know, leave or whatever. Um, yeah, it maybe seems like she's just thinking that like, what's what would be the point of just like tossing you in prison or handing you over to Flock? Like, yeah, whatever. Just get out. <laughs> yeah. So instead we get we get her backstory, which I mean it has a lot of parallels to quite a few other backstories that we've gotten at this point. You know, she had the worst dad. Is there any good dads in the show? Has anyone had a good dad? Sasha. I mean Gr- Sasha did. Sasha did. She had the good dad and you know, Grisha tried Connie, this the second time around. Connie. Yeah. Probably had a good dad, you know. Um, yeah. I know Jean had a good mom. Uh yeah. From the from the ODA. Jean had a, a very adorable mom. But uh, yeah, it's not a great dad. Yeah, not. I mean, he's an adoptive dad at that point. She was abandoned um, because she was the product of an affair. And um, so the mother didn't want to raise an Eldian and left her at, 
outside of an, basically an internment camp. And this guy took her in thinking she'd be his meal ticket out if he got her strong enough to become a warrior, which that program keeps coming up again and again as, as sort of the, the big thing to stick your kids into in the hopes that it will get, bring you a better life for your family as a whole. And, you know, he kicks her around and he doesn't show her any consideration really. But I guess at some point through that whole process, uh, they come to an understanding, even a love of sorts. Of course, she like kicks his ass first. She like permanently gives him a limp. Yeah. Um, You know, so they're even, I guess. Steven. Well, I think it's, Steven. I, I mean, Attack on Titan is nothing if not, I think, um, I think at this point in its story, it's very concerned with, with messy, complicated relationships. Yeah. And so I think it's very apropos that Annie recognizes that her father sucks. Like she doesn't, I don't think yeah. she has any illusions that he's like a good dad or anything, but the fact that she recognized or the fact that he recognized her as his daughter at all, and expressed that regret and expressed that desire to to just be her father in a real way, even though we don't necessarily see what like right about that change or whatever. Um, I mean, I, she's probably at this point, she's like, he's all I've got, you know, like I, Bertolt's dead. Uh, I don't know. If, it's unclear how much she knows about, because she says that she's been half awake this whole time. And so right. she has been listening to she's been listening to Hitch complain about guys, and she's been listening to Armin like crush on her for yeah. for all this time. And so she's like, I know what's going on, basically. Like I've yeah, I've been up. She's been like this. eavesdrop eavesdropping on them for four years. Yeah, in, y'all don't in ever shut crystal. up. So I know it's happening. Yeah. But yeah, you know, all she and she, it's not she ever liked Reiner anyway. And so all she has is this crappy dad, and yeah. it comes back to that point of like. If it's between the rest of the world and this one bond that I have with this admittedly crappy person, I gotta go with the crappy person. Um, yeah, which is, I think, realistic if not necessarily heartwarming. It's, yeah, I mean, and it's also it's a little bit like Aaron, just in that he decided to go on this whole vengeance tour, world tour, to protect the people that he cares about most who happen to be on parodies. So it's, it's like that on a small, she's not seeking to destroy or, or kill a bunch of people, but it's s- the people that get squished by the walls, right? Like they're, they're not the people in parody city cares about. It's just specifically yeah. Mikasa and Armin, like what yeah. everyone else can, can screw themselves. Yeah. Apparently. yeah. Apparently. So yeah, Hitch decides to take her. I don't, it's not, immediately clear exactly where she came from or if Hitch is just like taking her somewhere where she can travel further to where she came from before or not but um uh her dad's not gonna be there when she gets back now he did he did he's, he's dead because yeah. of because of because of Aaron ironically you know and yeah yeah I'm kind of wondering of Annie right like <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm I'm a little curious if she's gonna end up figuring that out I mean, essentially, her her dad got the same vision as all the other Eldians, and they try to warn the police that are, you know, keeping them in that internment area that, hey, Titans are going to show up and they're going to crush and everything. They're going to crush us. They're going to crush you. Everything's going to be destroyed. And the guard doesn't believe him and 
he gets mad and so he tries to confront the guard and he just gets shot it was yeah. actually pretty sad yeah it was because he, it's it's the same exact impulse of like you know the only person he cares about is his his daughter and if it mm -hmm. means fighting this this guard in a futile suicidal effort then so be it and it's it's interesting that the show the show is doing i think a good job even if we still don't have any any way to kind of know where it lands one way or the other if it does yeah. but it's it's doing a good job of exploring how all of these instincts to like love and protect the people in your lives you know with whatever capacity you have as like a soldier or whatever uh, they can be you know they're not in, it's not inherently wrong to say mm -hmm. i i care more about my friends than anyone else on earth right that like that's right. not an inherently bad thing it becomes bad when you say I care more about my friends than anything on earth. Therefore earth murder. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you know, these, you know, these, these, these qualities aren't in and of themselves evil, but it's the way that these circumstances kind of force people into these kind of choke points where they either, they make a decision that, that hurts other people or they make a decision that gets themselves killed and it all just sucks. <laughs> like it sucks. Yeah. Agree one hundred percent. We'll be right back to talk a little more about that theme because I think it also extends to Connie's story as well, as far as protecting your immediate uh, family and the extent that you'll go to do that, even if that means making your mom eat a child. But before that, we have a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check them out at BetterHelp.com/slash/theaftershow. The best way to think about therapy is through a bunch of analogies. We get our cars tuned up to prevent bigger issues down the road. We get annual checkups and go to the gym to maintain physical wellness and prevent injury and disease. And we do chores regularly, some of us, to avoid a giant mess of a house. Going to therapy is like all of these. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Going to therapy doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the after show from Anime News Network listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash the after show. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash the after show. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. With all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 a month. So, 
You grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Okay, we're back. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around for that. Um, we are continuing to talk about Attack on Titan. Specifically, I want to talk about Connie um, and how he has greatly misinterpreted his parents' wishes here. If you notice, in the screenshot, it says, Connie, become a splendid soldier who protects everyone. Keyword, everyone. He's not doing that. He is taking a small boy and he's going to feed him to his Titan mom. And his upside-down Titan mom. His upside-down Titan mom. And... <laughs> Sorry, it there might be that funny. It was so funny yes. when Armin's Armin's whole plan is like, I'm just gonna tell Connie that maybe his mom should stay in upset out Titan. <laughs> That's his plan. It's like, no, this is fine, Connie. Just leave her but there. Just specifically, is so good. It's like she's a turtle who can't yeah. just can't quite get back over. And his his big idea is to confront Connie and be like, I think we should just leave her like that. Just please don't feed Falco to your mom. Eh? Please, <laughs> please, please. I mean, Connie had plenty of opportunities to do this up to this point. So obviously this was not on the table for him. But what about putting her out of her misery? Maybe, you know? Yeah, like... I guess we've no I Because I know, I think the only like firsthand account of someone who was in the like the feral titan state was emir right before she acts before she ate uh what's his butt um the guy who who was the leader of, of reiner's group yeah um, yeah 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 the original cart the original uh, jaw titan and yeah. so i don't know exactly like what life has been like for her as she's been stuck to that <laughs> that house <laughs> upside yeah. down for all these years kind of um, alice in wonderland scenario with like anyway <laughs> but yeah I, I would probably argue that whatever it is if i were connie's mom and the choice was eat a child or just you know just die i'd probably go with the latter i'd probably also just want to be put out of my misery i yes yes i don't want to commit cannibalism against grown people or children um i watched episodes of I can't believe I survived or whatever it was on the Discovery Channel once. Like they had a marathon. It was a bad idea. One of them did involve cannibalism. Um, yeah, they were stranded on a life raft and there were sharks and one of them was injured and there was sepsis. It was horrible, horrible, real thing that happened. A couple people actually survived, but yes, cannibalism was involved. And I thought, not me. I think I'd be one of the crazy people who drank all the salt water and then just started hallucinating and then walked off into the ocean and let sharks eat me first. So yeah, um, not not high on my to-do list in even in the worst scenario. Uh, Connie, you know, he lost all of his family. His dad is gone. His Both of his siblings are gone. He's just got his mom left and he's apparently been clinging to the idea that he could help her somehow uh, for a long, long time, because he's been out visiting. Like I said, he has never put her out of her misery. Instead, he's been out visiting her instead. So she was hope for him, I think. And uh, he's 
now going to kill someone for that. Yeah. And he's, yeah. you know, he's not really thinking about things like, what are you going to tell your mother when she wakes up? How are you going to explain the fact that she's one of the nine Titans? Uh, yeah. Right. You know, yeah. He's sign he is also signing her up for a lot that I don't think he's considering as far as uh, giving her those powers to begin with. Uh, yeah. Cannibalism for shipwrecked is actually a very easily accepted practice, especially for sailors pre-20th century. I don't know if I agree with that entirely. Yes, it is something that had occurred, but I actually just listened to that podcast lore like eight episodes yesterday while I was cross-stitching. And I listened Aaron to the one on <laughs> Yeah, and I listened to the one on cannibalism. And um, the stigma around cannibalism is multicultural and has existed for a really, really, really long time. Um, so I don't know if I would say it was accepted, but it definitely uh, I think it happened. Or like, occurred. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it occurred out of like a horrific necessity. But it I don't think people were just about it. I don't think anyone like signed up for like the, you know, RMS Hermione being like, God, I really hope I get to eat someone out of like desperate starvation. Like I'm really looking forward to that, you guys. Oh, Theo says that he just means in terms of legal practice. Yeah, I'm I'm oh, sure I'm like sure. no one's gonna put you in jail for it if you're shipwrecked and you end up having to eat somebody. Um I think a lot of people will try not to make eye contact with you, but I don't think you'll go to jail. Um yeah. yeah well, so Alfred, Alfred Packer got uh he got in trouble for that. So, you know, I guess if you're, if you're stuck in the mountains and you, so I think his view was that he, he murdered them and then ate them. But I feel mm. like if, if they die from like, you know, shark bites yeah, or starvation. Then yeah. Yeah. Alfred Pack. I don't know that story. How long ago was that? Was that a long time ago? Uh, 1800s. He's, a, okay. he's like a, he's a Colorado, like local legend. He, uh, Oh, um, I'm wondering if that was included in the podcast I listened to. Cause he did bring up, a man who, this is totally tangible at this point, a man who killed his wife and child. Um, no, and, no, no, no. Um, it was it was like his buddies. They were out like in the mountains doing like, uh, hiking or mining or something. Something mountainy in Colorado and they got lost and uh, his story changed on whether or not they died first or whether he whether he, he put them out of their misery or whether he just like shot them in the back of the head and ate them. It's, <laughs> he oh, was the okay. only one to tell the tale, but... There were definitely some Donner Party folks a little too eager about it. I don't know what you're referring to there, Nicholas. Like that could be a lot of a lot of different people. Um, anyway, I mean, this entire anime is about cannibalism, so I'm I'm not going to apologize for us going on that tangent. Um, I mean, we just had that scene where Emir's uh, Emir 1.0's kids had to eat all of her to get the. That's Titan true. Power. So it's all relevant. This is completely. It's all it's cannibalism all the way down, really. Yeah. yeah. This show. Um. Speaking of, so, yeah, Armin's on his way with Gabby in tow to try and stop uh, this Connie. horrific Connie from, yeah, yeah feeding. Falco doesn't know what's happening. He's, uh, he has amnesia. amnesia. He doesn't remember anything from the yeah. transformation. Yeah, at first I was like, no, they're pulling the amnesia card, but it's very limited. He just doesn't seem to remember anything since right around when the rumbling started and people, oh, when, when Zeke yelled, I think when Zeke yelled and people started turning into Titans, is he doesn't have anything post uh, that. Um, he doesn't he remember eating a guy. So. He does not remember eating a guy, uh, or any any of the catastrophic things that have happened. He trusts Connie, which is unfortunate. Um, probably a mistake to do that. Yeah, it's a good it's, thing Connie's such a nice guy. 
Right? It's good. Really lucked out. Nice He's taking me to the hospital. Isn't that nice? He's just going to take Even me out like, there. And... Mr. Connie, we're going the wrong way, I think. And Connie's like, don't worry about it, kid. Just don't worry about it. So creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the sun's setting over there. No, no. No. Is Armin and our. Are, 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 is Armin going? Is, is Armin going to be the one to kill Connie, or is it going to be Gabby? Do you think? Isn't Gabby's kill count high enough at this point? Yeah, but she's hooked on through her thing where she doesn't want to like be a murderer anymore. She wants to be a little kid. But Armin, you know, he's, he's got our, he's already got blood in his hands. That's or, true. I, would it be would it be worse for Armin to kill Connie? What with their history, or would it be worse for Gabby to kill Connie? What with her recent redemption and and kind of. Uh, stepping into the light, morally speaking. I think from a narrative standpoint, it'll if Connie dies, it's gonna be because of Armin. I don't think Gabby's gonna kill him. Of course, this Just show is like I'm already assuming Connie's gonna die. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's he signed his. But check. I mean, he's, he's bringing a kid to get eaten. Like, that's but to be thing. honest, like he doesn't seem like you can tell he's conflicted about it. So there's still maybe a chance that he could be reasoned with but a lot of the stuff that happens in attack on titan is you know confrontation happens uh philosophies are yelled back and forth on what's the best thing what's the right thing to do and then uh some third party intervener shows up that you didn't expect and that causes things to go awry and then someone dies right yeah, yeah. so i could very easily see like armin and connie yelling and then something we haven't considered for four episodes but was definitely hinted at, but we just happened to forget shows up and screws everything up. Maybe there's some really like weird turn of events. And for some reason, Connie's mom ends up eating him, which would just be horrible and ironic. But I mean, a lot, a lot of different, a lot of different possibilities there. I, I think at this point, I'm just, this sounds horrible, but I'm kind yeah. of ready for more of the original crew to die. Uh, okay. Just because so just because so much of the show has been about raising the stakes, raising the stakes. And yeah, uh, the story got a lot of mileage out of Sasha dying because of yeah. how beloved she was. But right. I think in order to really drive home how how Aaron, how foolish or, or nearsighted or, or childish Aaron's plan is, I kind of think we need to see Sasha's ghost comes back and shoots Connie. Yeah, no, uh, Sasha eats Connie's head like a potato. She's <laughs> just like a potato. She just bites her into it. Um, but I think to see how his, you know, his efforts to protect his friends ended up leading them to kill each other or, you know, get killed. Mm -hmm. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, okay. I mean, if, if they all live, that'd be great. But I, I think for this story, for, for for the only characters to to keep dying to be like the side characters or the ones that we don't have that strong emotional investment with, um, right. I, it almost feels maybe a little cheap because the show keeps putting them in these scenarios where, you know, they have to start making some tough choices, I guess. Yeah. You know who isn't dead, though? Hey, 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 hey. You know I'll who isn't you. dead? <laughs> Levi. Because he's too dumb to die, essentially. Um, I mean, that's he's harmless, though. He's harmless. He's harmless. He's harmless. Just look at him. Look at him. I mean, he we don't know how many. At this point, we don't know how many limbs he still has under that blanket. He he could just be legs. You know, I don't know what's going on with with him. He's got half a face. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, if, if 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 there is a breath left in Levi's body, he's going to worm wiggle his way onto like the nape of Aaron's neck and he's just going to like chew his way through the nape or something. I swear like that, like it does not matter. Like he will, he will not be stopped. I do not think. Yeah. I liked this scene in general, just because it's like Hanji's trying really hard to convince Peak and, oh God, we looked up his name, James. Magath? Ma- Ma- Mag- Magath? Magath? Let's go with Magath because Magath sounds like maggot. And that's like yeah, mean. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Levi, I don't need legs to use ODM gear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, his first name's Theo. Let's just call him Theo. Theo. Thanks, Theo. Um, she's trying really hard to convince them not to just kill her or kill them immediately. Um, and I, I think it's going to work. Because I need Levi to get back onto the chessboard somehow. I don't know. Well, how. It would also be really dumb for him to survive all of this and then to just get like eaten by by Peak or something. <laughs> he has to be. He has to have something in store, right? Especially yeah, if yeah. you know, as everyone says, we're nowhere. Like we're not going to get to the end of the season, and so there has to be, yeah. like, or the end of the. Sorry, we're not going to get to the end of the story by the end of the season. So there has mm-hmm. to be something for Levi to do. Uh, Maybe yeah. there'll be, be enough of a time skip for him to like get some. I guess it. I guess from what we saw, maybe it was just like his hands that got jacked up, not necessarily all of his limbs. But still, I mean, you don't you don't get you don't survive that kind of concussive blast without needing at least some weeks, if not months, to recuperate. But yeah. he's also a superhuman, so who knows? Yeah, Ackerman blood. He might also have. The time I've seen some people jokingly refer like talk on Twitter about how long it'll actually take the Titans to get to the rest of the world from parodies at the pace that they are walking. I mean, yeah, their feet are really big, but it's not like they're, you know, jaunting or anything. It's it's kind of a leisurely pace. So it's I don't true. Know. it reminds me of that movie. Do you do you ever see It Follows? The horror movie It Follows. Oh no! But I've meant to. That's the one that's about STDs, isn't it? Uh, yeah, STDs—the general fear of growing up. The the long and short of it is, if you if if you have a spooky monster thing that literally just follows you everywhere you go, and if it catches you, you die, and you pass it on with sex. But mm-hmm. in the movie, it explains that it only ever walks. Right? It walks in a straight line, and it, it walks at a leisurely, colossal titan esque pace. And so, the, yeah. The joke was like you could just like take a plane to another country, and sure, it would have to like walk, I guess, across the ocean, but it would take a yeah. while. So yeah, you know, you have time. Some reprieve there, you know. Yeah. Then you just fly back to the other side, and then it's just you know. Yeah, you just get, you gotta become a jet setter once it sets its sights on you. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you might have those months or whatever before things get really, really serious, and they make it across the ocean i feel like the 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 body of water separating parodies from like marley and the mainland though isn't that far because they're they're able to get military forces across it on like zeppelins and whatnot in a reasonable amount of time so i don't know um I've- yeah we talked that like parodies is in the geography of this world it's like upside down what madagascar, madagascar. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm a, I've always assumed that Marley's like somewhere on con, like whatever this world's equivalent of like continental Europe ish would be. Oh, really? 
Or maybe, I, I mean... I would have thought maybe as close as, like, South Africa or something. Oh, okay. That, that would but make more no, sense. No, 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 that would make... Well, wait. Wait, yes. Okay. I was just thinking of the, the scene where they saw the ocean and then realized they were looking at it from Paradise. They weren't looking at it from Marley. Um, but they also couldn't see land across the sea at the time, I don't think. So, I don't know. Enough water there that you can't immediately see land on the other side, but... Yeah, it'll take yeah. a while. Okay, Theo says Marley is Africa. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, yeah, it's just like South Africa then, or Tanzania, I think. Tanzania is the closest one to Madagascar. I used to have the entire map of Africa memorized. Not so much anymore, but to some degree, yes. Uh, oh, Yonkapon is from Europe, implied to be upside down British Isles. Okay, so we are dealing at least with a map that is considerably large yeah. for and this uh destruction is not going to be instantaneous by any means so yeah we'll just have to we'll just have to keep watching i guess we only have a little bit of time left james but you wanted to tell us about elden ring and i was gonna let you hey. elden so ring I, I i'm just excited i'm also angry because i have to wait another four days and i don't know how i'm gonna hold out because it's the new uh, it's the new FromSoft game. It's the new uh, Soulsborne, whatever you want to call it. Um, except mm -hmm. it's an open world. It's like going to be on the okay. PS5. And um, I still haven't they, even gotten one of those yet. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. a good system. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I'm just. I, I'm excited because I, for as much as it can sometimes be a little exhausting to to play those games. Um, yeah. Not because I don't find them exceptionally difficult. They just demand a very different approach than most other action games. And so you, you have to kind of literally sort of recalibrate your mind every time you sit down to play one, because I, I, what I found when I played through the first Dark Souls games in Bloodborne was that when I got used to the rhythms of the game, you know, once I got mm -hmm. used to the, the blocking and the dodging and stuff, it, they were actually fairly easy to get through with a couple of bosses okay. that definitely... Definitely made me mad, but yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say they're the hardest games I've ever played. But the the thought of like a one hundred hour long open world Dark Souls fills me with equal parts dread and uh, like bone shaking anticipation. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, George R. R. Martin did the backstory. Oh, I did is, hear about that. Which I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of a big deal for sure. Um, yeah, I haven't jumped on those because. I approach action game. Okay. I approach most games that have any kind of battle system. I know this is bad. Um, I am all offense all the time. Okay. It's just like, I have to make myself like do the defensive and the dodging stuff doesn't come naturally to me. I want to just like hack it, like hack, 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 hack. Uh, I'm one of those people who is probably really easy to defeat in like a Pokemon battle because I get rid of all the status like changing or a uh, defense attack stuff. I don't got time for that. Just give me like a really powerful attack to start with. I, I'm not going to use turns to to up things strategically. I'm just going to smash you and then hope that I win. <laughs> I and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really work. <laughs> You know, you might like, I mean, Bloodborne, so the thing that makes Bloodborne really different from the, I, I haven't played Dark Souls 3 all the way through, but I've, I've played 1 and 2, mm -hmm. um, and I've played a little bit of Sekiro, and the thing that makes Bloodborne different um, as far as, like, the rhythm is that it is a lot more aggressive, 
Um, one of the things that it does is like if you get hit and you manage to to make some immediate attacks afterwards, you'll gain some of your health back. And okay. so I, I would say, and that was the one that I started with. I had a really hard time getting into Dark Souls 1. I put like 15 hours into it. I got really frustrated. I, I put it down. Um, mm -hmm. And then I played Bloodborne and that game just like consumed me. Um, uh -huh. There's something about it that I found so approachable and so interesting. And I think it was the fact that it was a lot more aggressive and a lot more um, fast paced. Um, in fact, mm -hmm. they make a joke in that game where they give you a shield uh, in the in like the the first area, and the, yeah. the flavor text literally says, "This thing is useless. Don't use it." <laughs> um, <laughs> like this is not a game where blocking is going to help you. And so, Just roll, fools, roll, roll. Right? Yeah, shoot, parry. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, I think the thing about this game that I'm looking forward to with Elden Ring, other than just the way that from software approaches world building and approaches you know letting you explore and seeing how that all plays out with the whole open world is um they're incorporating some of the stealth elements from Sekiro too. I don't okay. think it's going to be as in depth as that, but I'm more I'm more of a stealth guy in games and so I'm excited to get to play around with that tool set and and sneak around to the bushes and do some I'm also sneak bad at stealth. I'm also like oh, yeah. they're like you got to be slow and and go behind things and not get spotted. I'm like god damn it, can I just run? Can I just run? through it which is yeah. why i've never beaten a metal gear game either i mean you can technically play a metal gear game without utilizing stealth but you're not really supposed to just kill everyone in that game no, no. Um, and especially up until at least it's been a while since i've played them but the action playing them as like action heavy games isn't even very fun just because the controls are not yeah geared towards, towards it no. yeah until five it, at least he wants to know if Elden ring will be dry or wet because i guess like from software games are either dry or they're wet. Do you think Elden Ring will be dry or wet? You know, everything I've seen, it looks to be at least moist. Moist. You know, there, it, it seems like it'll be a little humid, a little damp. We're going to lose subscribers gonna... just because you decided to say moist. Like, <laughs> like can't listen to this podcast anymore. They said moist. Yeah, I think um, it looks... The the uh, the the environment design looks a lot more um, lively than mm -hmm. the Dark Souls games because you know those worlds are all dying and everything is either poison or rock or ash um, mm -hmm. and Bloodborne is just goo that game is just made of of goo and like the spinal fluid of dead gods mm -hmm. um, yeah and so I feel like Elden Ring is maybe a bit of like a happy medium where every things are alive but they're not necessarily their, their insides aren't on the outside as much. It doesn't seem like, but I was, maybe. I would assume with it being open world that they'll have a little bit of everything. Like yeah. that's one of the positives of open world is you get a lot of variety. If the environment is too same looking, it's kind of, it gets old really fast when you're exploring and running around and stuff. Yeah. I think you said there are multiple poison swamps in this one. So that'd be great. There's always at least one, but I think this game has more than one. So would you say poison what? Poison swamps. So swamps. Oh, sure. okay. Bogs. Be yeah. Sure. yeah. 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 Just going to go roll in those and hope to get immunity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to thank everyone for joining us this week. Um, we will be back next week, hopefully with Jackie. I know that she is en route from Europe today. So uh, she should be joining us again next week, assuming that she can get caught up on, on everything she missed. She was, Hosting a uh, Rainbow Six Siege 
like tournament. So if you're into first person shooters, you know, you might want to, I mean, it wrapped and they've announced the winners and everything, but I'm sure the streams are around or check out her social media. She's got a lot of really funny videos and stuff of her being super tall and everyone else not being as tall. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, thanks again for listening. Remember to subscribe to this channel and we are here on Mondays at 6 PM Pacific, 9 PM Eastern. I want to thank James again for being here as always. Um, next week we'll be, We'll be talking about the episode Pride, episode 83 of Attack on Titan. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.